0: Hi everyone, so today we have Amida Mehta with us. Um, Amida has more than 25 years working in the corporate arena. She's worked in commercial and investment banking, in HR and executive recruitment, as well as marketing and communications. Amida uses her expertise to help businesses and individuals achieve their goals. Through her consulting work, Amida supports corporate clients in establishing and executing scalable initiatives. As a personalized chief of staff, Amita architects and activates customized career plans. And as a keynote speaker, Amita shares stories from her personal experience as a Ugandan refugee with Indian heritage and an out lesbian in a male-dominated industry in her speeches, workshops, and seminars to inspire authentic leadership. To learn more about Amita and what she offers, visit amitamedapossible.com. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed talking to Amita today. We went all over the map when it comes to career, how to reinvent yourself, what to uh, think about when you're considering asking for a raise, negotiating your salary, the importance of diversity and inclusion in the workplace, the importance of figuring out what lights you up um, when it comes to thinking about your career and next steps you want to take. So I hope you get as much out of this episode as I did and that you enjoy. You're listening to the Scarlet
1: Society Podcast, the show that encourages women over 40 to be excited, curious, and even turned on by starting the second half of their life. This is the show for support, community, and conversation about everything that goes along with this season, from sexual health and wellness to sexual exploration, finances, monogamy, and relationships. No topic is off limits. Let's dive in.
0: Hi, we are here with Amita Mehta today uh, to talk about career, and I'm really excited about this chat. So Amita, I feel like I'd love to just dive right in. Right now, we are on the heels of the great resignation. I think it's something like 40 million people have left their jobs. Um, I just saw a headline that's all about people who want to work from home are now being told, nope, sorry, that's not going to fly anymore. Can you talk a little bit about the landscape, the good news, the bad news? What are we dealing with right now on the heels of the pandemic as it relates to work?
2: Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Megan. And my pronouns are she, her. And I I have to say with the great resignation, uh, the good news is organizations are hiring. So great for people that are looking to make a pivot. And also good news for folks that perhaps are being displaced from their jobs by way of restructure. Just know the good news is companies are hiring. Uh, I would say there's somewhat more bad news on the on the corporate front in that uh, organizations really need to think creatively about how to retain their talent because now people are recognizing, especially women, uh, that remote work is how we want to work, and 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 we're getting more savvy and confident about asking for that. And if we don't get then we have the competence to move on to another organization. So I would say somewhat that that the tables have somewhat shifted <laughs> in terms of favor of quality talent out in the workplace. And you can reinvent and organizations. I would say, uh, Megan, are very hip to hiring individuals that are out of the industry. So people that are looking to make career pivots and redefine themselves, organizations are liking different backgrounds and and creativity because people are just so burnt out right now. So just looking for new and different ways of working and new different uh, and, and new talent.
0: I think reinvention is a huge theme as I work more on Scarlet Society and talk to more women in their 40s and beyond. I feel like we're in this new era of reinvention being possible at any age. I think it also feels a little bit scary when it comes to career to make a total 180 shift in what you've been doing. So can you talk a little bit about reinventing your career, how scary it can be, but how possible it is? um, That'd be a great place to
2: start. The time is now. And the clients that I work with are able to make that pivot and reinvent themselves. I think a lot of times people surprise themselves by, by the possible <laughs> that they can make a shift uh, from whether it's their organization that they're in, from the leadership or the culture um, that th- they're working in. So working with uh, clients on really making and, and believing that they can make the shift, um, I think is eye-opening for, for people because th- there's just this fear that, oh my gosh, Amita, I've been at the same organization for several years now. I don't have a network. I haven't interviewed in forever, so I'm very rusty on interviewing. And so these are the tangible things that I'm able to work with individuals on in terms of, um, yeah, how do you navigate building your network uh, or reinvigorating the network that you uh, had once had, but just sort of let it go stale. So really having people feel confident in terms of equipping them with tools on how to navigate this whether it's reinvention or a new job pivot. So just really tapping into all the tools and resources, I think people sometimes forget that they have.
0: Mm. You know, if I am someone, if I'm a client of yours and I'm just like, I need a change and I really don't know where to start, like what are some really practical kind of first steps I can start to take when it comes to getting over that, what feels like a big hurdle and, and to start making some of those, taking some of those steps that are needed?
2: Yeah, I think first for me with the client is meeting you where you are, because it could be an instance where an organization decide to displace you or um, work you out of a job. And so it's understanding where you are in the process of the breakup. It is re- very much like breaking up a, a relationship. So, So really just understanding where people's mindset are in terms of wow, like that, that didn't feel good. And I gave, gave the organization my all, but then we start talking about what were you most proud of in the work that you did? So yes, it's the breakup and you have to go through the mourning process and all the stages of grief. And then also making sure that you're practicing self-care because you'll look back six, eight months from now and realize, wow, I just jumped right back into the job market and I didn't take time for myself or my family. So really getting people level set, on that in terms of if your, if your role was impacted, but for those clients that are just ready to move on from the relationship or or organization or leadership, it's really having an understanding of what lights you up. So really talking about, are you leaving or are you running to something or from something? So really level setting around that, because you may be very happy with the organization, but just not within the leadership construct or, or the team that you're on, so we could talk about okay, well, how do we get you networked and positioned to make make the move in, within the organization? But then, quite frankly, there there are individuals that I, I just feel that the workplace is just too toxic. They don't believe in the mission's value. I think people are really tied to mission values now and how what they do really fits what the organization stands for. So I think people are waking up to that. And really helping people understand. Okay, well, it sounds like it's re- you love the work that you do, or you're really wanting to reinvent yourself, but it's time to move on from that environment. So I think that the first piece is just the level set in terms of understanding where people are in their journey, and then some of the tangible aspects are really what lights you up, and then how do we want to talk about why you're looking and why you're out networking and and cultivating your network. So so that that's like a good starting point with with people. But I think sometimes we that that we just jump right in and okay, how do I get the next job or how do I get out of this? But I think there is a lot of soul searching that goes on uh, with, with my clients just to level set.
0: I love that. And I feel like I hear from a lot of people, they want to feel like they're on purpose. They're living a purpose-driven life and and work obviously is such a huge part of that. And I feel like it sounds like even before you look at your resume or cover letter or things that you might think of that come first, it sounds like, no, wait, like what's your purpose? What's your mission? What's going to marry up with that. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how to find companies that marry well with what you stand for, you know, is it something as simple as like go to LinkedIn? Is it talking to people? Like how do you, how do you find your next dream job?
2: Yeah, there's there's a couple of things. So yes, you you have, uh, tools like LinkedIn and indeed where you, you can, um, uh, link in with people. And I I definitely think it is a tool to use. I I would say that I I was active on LinkedIn before I decided to launch um, my consulting practice. Uh, And then I realized people had sent me notes from years ago. So so LinkedIn is a great tool. It's it's more than just a, a billboard, Megan. It's how you interact with it that gets you noticed. And it is a great tool to research target companies. So you might have three to four companies on your radar Uh, that uh, you can actually do a search and find people that are in positions that you are aspiring to be in, or you may be able to track down uh, talent acquisition leaders that you can link in with and genuinely be a connector because it it does turn people off if you're just calling to ask for something. So so when using tools like that, I think it's important to just be authentic and be genuine about why you're reaching out in terms of just wanting to understand why you're interested in the organization or perhaps the role that somebody is, is playing um, in the organization. Because you'll get a lot of intel around what is the culture like. Because we all have to remember that we're interviewing companies. So we don't have to go into it in a fear or imposter syndrome way in terms of, are they going to like me? And, and am I going to be in the right fit? But you, we all have to make sure that we're thinking about it from a perspective like, Does it match up with my values? Does the culture fit? So interviewing the organization is very critical and important to make sure it matches your purpose as well. Uh, But then I would say, alternatively, it's the network. So LinkedIn is a great tool, but do you have your tribe? Do you have your board of directors? Do you have the, you know, I, I have about six to 12 people that I tap into from my past life. So old basketball coaches, old um, uh, senior executives or CEOs that I've developed relationships and past roles that I've had with them. So uh, I, I make sure that I retain these relationships as I move on and, and tap people and, and make sh- making sure that it's men, it's women, it's the LGBTQ uh, community, allies. So making sure that I'm tapping into uh, my tribe so as you're thinking about like hey i'm, I'm thinking about this crazy idea i think i might want to be a flight attendant <laughs> and what do you think and so that you can get some of that truth serum from your board of directors uh, which is very important and then the cultivation of your network you, you land jobs through 90 percent of how tapping your network and quite honestly 85 i think the research shows 85 percent of jobs are not posted so it's gonna be through your network in terms of how you land the next role
0: I, when I was poking around your website, I absolutely love the phrase, um, where you call yourself a personalized chief of staff. And I just thought that was really inspiring because I think we can all look at ourselves as our own little company, whether we have an LLC or an S corp ourselves or not. And what you're talking about here too, is like hire someone like you to be your personalized chief of staff, but then make sure you have your board of directors in place. And I wonder when you, when you put together your board of directors, What were you thinking about? Like, how did you put together those key people who you knew you were going to be able to rely on for the truth serum, or um, you know, the support, or whatever you need? Talk to me a little bit about that process.
2: And it's great to have that because they're your cheerleaders. So even if you know, even if you think, oh gosh, I'm making the biggest mistake, or I made a mistake, it's great to have people in your corner to you know have your tribe Uh, is always um, fantastic. but the way I went about it for, for me, Megan, it's just, it's been organic. It's something that, um, I, I've developed relationships with people over time and, and some of my board of directors, they, you know, I I tap them for different things. So it's a whole, and I'm going to date myself Rolodex of people, but, but people that I've just actively made sure and like what you and I do make sure that we're being proactive and reaching out to each other. So it's, it's, tapping the the people when things are actually fine. And it's just, Hey, Phil, like just checking in, how how are you? And doing that on an active basis, I, I make sure that I'm reaching out to my people, you know, every three, four months, you know, even sooner, just, just to just have that, that linkage. And then when things start percolating or blowing up, you know, in life and career, I'm able to tap them and say, Hey, Phil, um, or, you know, Sandy, uh, d- just wanted to catch up with you. Wanted to pick your brain. So then that way it's, it's more authentic. You have a relationship with them, and and it, and, it's, and it takes time. So it's not something where Megan I would say, okay, now, all right, client, go out, find five people <laughs> in your network and start like, you know, will you be? And, but it, sometimes it does work, especially if, uh, junior people when they're just starting out. It's like, yeah, start tapping people to say, will you be my mentor? Will you be my sponsor? And sponsor is different than mentor. Sponsor is somebody who's going to take an active, uh, play an active role in getting you to that next job. So, so it's it's important to be clear and ask people to say, "Hey, will you sponsor me?" And and that that is a whole you know, different ball of wax. But but people appreciate when you not only ask them to be your sponsor, but that you're like keeping them in tune with like, "Hey, this is what's happening," and thank you for introducing me to this next. Um, you know, person X, they were very helpful. So so having people come with you on the journey is sort of what's worked for me in terms of my my tribe and my and my network. So always tap people when you don't need anything.
0: I think that is such great advice. I'd love to ask you a little about the importance of diversity and inclusion, frankly, because I know that you work with a lot of executives on helping craft a culture and a workforce that mirrors what our country looks like. Right. And, and I feel like in our own personal board of directors, that would be ideal and certainly in our larger organization. So can you talk a little bit as well about that? You know, the importance of it, if you're a manager, the importance of asking those questions, if you're interviewing that kind of thing.
2: I think that's very important when, when you're evaluating an organization that you want to join is what, what is the commitment to global philanthropy and diversity equity and inclusion what 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 is your experience as a leader or as talent within the organization what does what does it feel like uh, in terms of the climate do you feel like you can bring your whole self to work and and so that that's one thing i work with my clients as they're evaluating companies but then organizations who are ready to really like embrace the business case because there is a true business case for why diversity, equity, and inclusion is important. It's, it's not to be rah-rah and, and, yes, you want to have employees that are happy, but it's looking at your policies. Are the policies inclusive? What do benefits look like? And do you have business resource groups where people feel like they they have a, a safe place that they can not only um, surround themselves um, with people and be allies for you know various... Um, cultures or heritages. And so, so I think those aspects are really important as somebody evaluating a company, but as an organization, uh, you know, how do you show up? And so it's not about just checking the box and saying, Hey, we have business resource groups, but it's just more strategically, how do we holistically um, make sure that we're, like you said, representing uh, the world in which we live? Because if you don't look like the, the customers you represent and it's just that it, there's you're just not going to be sustainable
0: I'd like to ask you about some of the what feel like trickier questions or trickier topics to talk to your boss about say um, let's say someone's listening to this and they're like uh wow like we are not a diverse company at all or for example salary I really want to talk to you about salary negotiation because that can feel really sticky you know when it comes to having what feels like a really tricky conversation with your manager any advice on that on that front what do you tell your clients when they're like i need to have this conversation but it feels like climbing a massive mountain
2: yeah. well the twofold so if if you're on the job hunt good news is uh, a lot of states are now requiring and mandating organizations to share salary ranges up front for positions so so that that's the good news um with that aspect. So then you don't feel like you're having to go in and uh, negotiate with yourself when you get the question. So w- what are your salary expectations? Well, that's something that you can flip back to, uh, to to organizations to say, what is the value of the position? So I think oftentimes we get a number in our head in terms of like, this is what I think I'm worth, but it's more about what's the value and the budget for the position and, and talking, talking about it from an all-encompassing question of, overall compensation, less about like what the base salary is, but really understanding like what's the overall uh, worth for the position. Then you'll understand like, okay, well, based on my skills and experiences, that seems to fit. So that, I think that helps create some of the, even like the um, closes the gap on comp disparity between men and women now. So, so that that's the good news on on well, salary negotiation. We can talk more about that. That's my wheelhouse. I, I love that. Okay. I love negotiating that. But in terms of asking your your manager, uh, okay, you're, you have the sweaty palms and, it's, and, you're, and you're stressing out. I, I see that as an evolution type conversation. It, it should be something not um, poised just during your annual performance reviews or that you feel like it has to be an event uh, and, and you know, timing's everything, right? So, so that's where I think people get stressed out because it's, uh, oh gosh, I, you know, I gotta talk to my manager about um, compensation. But like, really understanding, like, what's the environment? Is, is the company performing? yeah have are you performing as an individual because it's a it's a it's a deal breaker if you're not performing in your position and then you're trying to you know lean into like asking for for more for more money because you think that the person next to you is not working you know, hard enough so so that, that that's important is just sort of understanding the the landscape because if the company's not doing well well you, you sort of come off tone up if you're asking for more more money but but what, what I mean by sort of the evolution of that relationship with your manager. Uh, you know, even like with annual performance reviews, I always coach my clients on uh, the the first agenda topic when you're one-on-ones with your manager should be about development. get seeking guidance on like, hey, I know we just came off of that big project. I feel, you know, based on... And be specific. Like I totally, you know, I contributed XYZ percent to the bottom line on this project. And you know how do you feel about that manager and then then you can really have a conversation an ongoing conversation with your manager to say hey like we just came off with that big uh, project and and I have to tell you like I I do see myself in the next you know 4 to 6 months playing at that next level because of xyz what do you think and so then you're able to have like a comprehensive conversation with your manager and you can also say in those discussions is like so I see myself at the next level which then goes with uh, wanting to have a conversation down the line about more compensation to be in line with the work that I'm contributing in the next level. And so then that way you're not catching your manager off guard and, you, and it's something that, that your, your manager knows that you're invested in in terms of not just the money, but the contributions that you're making. And then they're not going to be surprised, again, if they're not engaging with you, if you decide to move on to another role with another company.
0: Mm. So it, it really sounds like, in an ideal world, you wouldn't just wait for your performance review to have a really good conversation with your manager, because then it's it's first of all, it seems like it's it's going to take away some of the nerves because you you have a good rapport, but also it'll give you so many more opportunities to bring up all the things that might be tricky conversations, salary, things about the organization that you you don't like or, or aren't exactly. behind or areas for improvement. Okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you know, and, but sometimes, you know, like if, if you, that's where you'll understand is, is my leadership, are they tone deaf? You know, are, are they listening to me? Then you'll get your answer in terms of, okay, well, I really like what I'm doing. Um, but I, I'm not sure that, uh, my contributions are being valued. And, yes. and again, that's the whole comprehensive conversation you could have about, Hey, I appreciate the hybrid work environment, or I do like getting, because clearly there are some people that really do want to get back to the office and, and go to the food trucks that companies are like having <laughs> set up outside the food trucks, the coffee, the beer, you know, yeah. like, you know, you know there are like appealing ways that organizations are trying to get savvy to get their employees back in.
0: Totally. So right now we're dealing with record level inflation and everybody could use a little bit more money. (laughs) So if you were to break it down into three steps or whatever, however many steps to like, be like, okay, how do I even go about figuring out what kind of raise to ask for, how to ask for it, like break it down in really simple terms to give our listeners a really clear sense of like, where do I go next? If I want to get a raise. Yeah.
2: Again, I think you hit the nail on the head is understanding your, your worth in the market. So really, again, expanding your network, talking to your current network to understand what, if I were thinking of this type of role and responsibilities, what would the value be and that's where i always and then the number 2 don't turn down interviews from headhunters or recruiters never turn down those conversations because mm-hmm. that, that will equip you again to understand what is the uh, environment out there in terms of what uh, companies are paying for your talent so so again it's the the you know, the network interviewing don't turn that, those down but take you know, take on interviews I, there was an organization it was like a year in the making. I had conversation after conversation. I was happy where I was at, but uh, there was a role that lit me up and the money was right. And um, and the, the culture was fantastic. So it was definitely, it was hard to make, not take, you know, make that move. But simple terms, definitely your network and interviewing out there to understand what your what worth is, is very critical. And then you have the Indeeds, you know, you have the Indeeds and, you know, other tools like that. Take those with a grain of salt, but, but yeah, it's really the understanding of what your worth is.
0: Do you think it's possible to get a big raise at your current company or do you have to jump companies to get that big, you know, 10, 20, 30 K bump?
2: I could speak in my own experience, uh, the bumps happened when I made the move and they were significant. So that was know, my so.
0: experience too. I feel like a <laughs> right. lot of people, I, yeah, you kind of have to, and it's a shame, but so is that sort of recognized from a lot of the people you work with as well? It's just like, you kind of understand you might have to be willing to, to make a big move if you want a big pay bump
2: you have to be open to the move. Um, again, you're, again, the negotiating power is amazing. And I don't like to get into the whole, okay, I got an offer over here and then, you know, and then putting it back into leadership's face to say, ha, can you match me now? Like to me, that's just sort of like sort of the values, you know, like even your own worth uh, to negotiate that, um, you know, in that way. But you know, sometimes it happens because again, look, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. So so that's why it's really important to be having conversations not only with your manager, but your, your manager's manager, like really cultivating relationships beyond beyond just your line of sight, so that people understand that wow, we, we don't want to lose Megan. She's she's great. So we want to make sure that you know that, that we retain her. So what's that gonna take? So so it, it can happen, but I can say in my experience with my own personal experience and with clients, you make the move. Uh, organizations are willing to pay.
0: Okay. I'd love to get a little personal and ask you what the best career advice you ever received was.
2: Be open. I I had uh, in my mind that I, I was going to be working in the front lines. I, I was going to uh, I, I had my whole career planned out, <laughs> and um, and literally when I uh, made the move to uh, an organization, I was so excited. I, I knew in my head this this was going to be my career track, and, uh, and it was just straight up. Um, and uh, my, my job was eliminated like two weeks before, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> two, two weeks into the job because there was a merger, and so I had uh, I had eight months about I think eight months to a year to find either another job within the organization. Or leave, and I'm thinking I don't even have an identity here. What am I going to do? And um, the best advice was just just be open, Amita, because you have skill sets, transferable skill sets that you could land within the organization. It may not be where you exactly thought you had planned out, but just be opportunistic. So I, I became entrepreneurial then. That's how I became opportunistic and jumped on opportunities when people tapped me to do them. So I, I had a great career from being in the business and then moving into recruitment and HR capacity. So so I feel like I was able to build this whole entrepreneurial <laughs> career within organizations, which set me up to go out on my own. But I think best advice is just be open because you just never know um, what opportunity could set you up for, for the next, next step. And it's okay not to go straight up. You can go sometimes sideways, uh, lateral, up over diagonal, that's okay. uh, Because you will set yourself up um, for success and and you'll actually be more happy for it. I can speak to that personally.
0: Well, yeah, you spent years in big corporations, really big corporations, and then you branched out onto your own. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that process for yourself. Because I think a lot of people right now are like, man, I want to create my own thing and it feels scary, but it also feels empowering and expansive. So can you talk a little bit about any bumps you hit, any advice you have for going, you know, making a transition from (laughs) that corporate, you know, very typical nine to five at an office setting to launching your own business?
2: Oh yeah. And Megan, like I was doing, um, a commute, uh, like five hours a day and three hours a day for, gosh, um, oh, about 10 years. So, um, but I That's loved what grind. I did, you know, but, but I loved what I did. Um, uh, so you want to caveat that, but, but I orchestrated it. And, and I think like you, Megan, right. The thought of being your own brand on your own is scary because you, you don't have like all the, you know, resources that a large organization you know, has right. Um, from the gym memberships to, <laughs> right. To having access the to health you know, benefits. HL, yes. I, I, all yeah. of that. Right. Uh, yeah. look, I'm head of maintenance now, you know, so I, I even take out my parents' trash, you know, so, you <laughs> know, so I, I, you know, I'm finance, I'm marketing, I'm development, I'm all of yeah. those things. And I'm sure yeah. you, you, you live and breathe that. So mm-hmm. I think that, that can be daunting for people to feel like, Oh my gosh. Um, if I, how am I going to go out on my own? And yes, your phone does stop ringing for a bit because you're out on your own. So I think that there's a fear factor there in terms of like, oh my gosh, I don't have this major corporate brand behind me anymore because that's how I, because I think people define themselves by, I work for this organization. And so like when people like, on I think East Coast people especially feel like, Hey, like when you get the question, like, Hey, what do you do? People go straight to, I work for, or I am this. And, and it's like, wow. Um, so my, that, that whole journey I orchestrated Megan. So it was a year in the making. And so I, uh, really, again, engaged leadership just to say, Hey, look, I, I think there's something here that I want to pursue next. And then I did bring a business case to them to say, look, it, and this could be an opportunity for, um, uh, other talent to fit into my role so l- let me work myself out of a job and it'll save you money too <laughs> right and and so so I think then leadership was like w- was behind me like okay yeah Amida like d- totally makes sense and, and I stayed on and made sure of the transition helped rec- recruit the person that was taking on my uh, my role and helped set them up for success before I moved on. But, but really the impetus of it was I was giving s- so many people advice about bet on yourself. And if you're not happy, make a change, change the da- dance steps. And then I realized I wasn't taking my own advice and realized, you know what? It- it's time for me to bet on myself. And I think that I can make a difference in the world. So I was really focused on my sense of purpose and service to really helping leaders be better leaders and helping people navigate their careers. So, so for me, yes, it was daunting, scary <laughs> and, and look, and I did it before the pandemic. It was 2019. So I feel like I've had to like pivot and change my business model many, many times, but I feel like in a crazy way, I have been well positioned particularly in this pandemic to be that job search Sherpa for people and help them reinvent themselves. So I feel like it's like right place, right time to really help people think about what they want to do and be bold.
0: Mm. So you shared a little bit about the best career advice you ever got. And I know this can be very personalized based on what line of work you're in, what you do for a living, but can you share for all of our audience right now, what your one piece of advice would be in this moment? When it comes to career,
2: yeah, are you happy? Are you happy? Are you are you really invested in what you're doing uh, in work and life? Because now work and life there, there's no work life balance. Work and life bleed together, right? And so, really, the advice is like: Are you truly happy? Are you waking up every day feeling lit up about what you're doing, what you're contributing? Uh, to your work, to your family, to the world. So really, that's that's where I always like to start with people is run to something, run to something that's going to make you excited and, and light you up. And the thing is, there's no you're never going to make a mistake in in your career in particular. You could try something and look if it doesn't work out. You're six months in. You have ownership. You're empowered to make a shift because I think we, we, we've all programmed ourselves or many of us have that, Oh my gosh, I just committed to something and you think it's a forever thing and it doesn't have to be. We don't, we're, we're not programmed to be in one job anymore. You're going to have different careers, different jobs throughout your lifetime. And the time is now just be lit up. Take a chance on yourself is, is uh, my motto is bet on yourself and be okay with your brand.
0: So cool! I feel really inspired, and I feel like for everybody listening who is like, "I want this woman as my job Sherpa," where can we find you? Tell us what what you you know how to get in touch and <laughs> sure. what you what you do in the world. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. So you can find me at amitameda.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I'm on all the the, the social handles um, as as well. You can find me there. But but yeah, I'm really committed to helping people either be more authentic leaders and in, inclusive leaders in terms of how do you engage your employees? Because it's more than ever, especially in this environment that we're working in, how do I be the best leader that I can be and have my employees be as productive as they can bringing their whole selves to work. And then alternatively for my clients, my, my coaching clients, I, I'll set you up girl. I, I'm your <laughs> coach that will give you a tangible, advice, I will be your accountability partner. And I love that part of my, my job um, in terms of helping people set up goals. But really, again, even from your resume to your LinkedIn profile, tips and tricks and and really setting up a, a game plan for what's next. That is always fascinating. And then I just, uh, you know, I, I, I am now is starting to open up. I actually do keynote speeches about authentic leadership. I tell my story um, about being a Ugandan refugee an Indian out lesbian and how it has served me well, uh, all these things that I thought made me a misfit and how it's all served me well in my life and career. So I, I'm loving what I'm doing right now and just love that I'm here living a life of service for people.
0: Fantastic. I feel like the next time we have you on, I want the focus to be on how to use your, uh, your misfit past to your advantage. I feel like you've got so much to say on that front as well.
2: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Amita, thank you so much. This was so much fun and packed with such great information that I think is going to help so many people. So thank you.
2: Thank you, Megan. As always, I always love seeing your face and hearing your voice. and, And again, thanks for, you're always a great ally. You always raise women up and I love, love your mission too. So thank you. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Your support means so much to us, and I hope you got some great value from today's episode. If you're looking for resources from today's show, or you'd like to join other women just like you, looking to explore their sexual health and wellness, visit us over at scarletsociety.com.